to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday, everyone. <laughs> yeah, powerful time of worship. Thank you so much, Pastor Saul, Tita Luch, and the rest of the music team, and powerful ministry time. Thank you so much, Pastor Carlo. Uh, and as Pastor Saul has mentioned a while ago, it is the first Sunday of December 2020. And I have news for you guys. Christmas is still a go. So I hope that everyone is excited to celebrate. Why don't we just praise God for that? I want to greet you Merry Christmas as well. Why don't you greet the people beside you? If you are in our uh, online, greet the people through the chat box. Just greet them. Merry Christmas. Maligayang Pasko. Uh, truly a lot of things to be thankful for today. And, uh, you know, for us, we did not really need to wait for December before we started greeting people because we all know that as Filipinos, we really celebrated months before. So I believe that it wouldn't be too early to say that Christmas is really going to be different for all of us this year. Wouldn't you agree? You know, Christmas will be different. I actually attended my very first Christmas party yesterday, the Sama Samang Pasasalamat with our leaders and volunteers. Were you guys there? There, I see some people who are there. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, especially the performance of VTS. Uh, shout out to our leader, Pastor Ariel. We hope to see you here in the assembly hall next week. And uh, yeah, it was just a fun time of song and dance. I personally really enjoyed. I hope that our leaders enjoyed too. But if you would ask me, if I'm being honest, I still miss the face-to-face gatherings that we have at the end of the year, our leaders' appreciation, that's something that we really all look forward to. You know, um, just hearing the laughters left and right, even the never-ending stories from as you enter the assembly hall up to the time when you line up for food, up to the time that you are eating. And we all know that it extends up to the parking lot with the victory goodbyes that last at least one hour, if you know what I mean. Uh, we really miss those times. Uh, the leaders singing, dancing, getting competitive in the games. Unfortunately, we won't get to experience that this year. Uh, if you haven't heard, our government has advised that Christmas parties won't be allowed. So I pray that we would all comply. This is for our safety. This is for our own health. But again, um, we miss it. No parties, no gifts, no out-of-the-country trips. At home, we're still discussing whether we are going to put up the tree or not. Because in isip na namin ako, parang mahirap yata maglikpet. But don't get me wrong. I'm actually very excited for Christmas. I'm still looking forward to it. But I heard that a lot of people online are trying to cancel Christmas 2020. Probably because of the losses that we have experienced this year. Some probably don't see it as appropriate to celebrate with everything that we have gone through. For some, they don't really see any reason to be thankful for. And you know, if that's you, actually for all of us, I would like us to reflect, what is Christmas really all about? Again, what is Christmas really all about? Is it about the celebrations? Is it about the bonuses, the mall-wide sales? Is it about the decorations, the lights? Is it about the parties? If we would say yes, that would be really sad. Because it means that we have been missing the point this entire time. Christmas is not about our situation. Christmas is not about us. Christmas is about the love of God that was shown to us through Jesus Christ. And that is something that we can never cancel out. 
That's why sabi nga natin, tuloy pa rin yung Pasko. We still continue to celebrate Christmas. People want to fast forward to 2021, to 2022, to a time where there's already a vaccine. But we know as believers that our Savior came in time to give us hope for all of our situations, to give us hope for all of eternity. And that is what Christmas is all about. Our hope coming down here on earth, giving us you know, assurance that whatever we go through, we already have the victory in Jesus Christ. More than the gifts, more than the parties. That is what we celebrate as the people of God. Who is Jesus Christ? And what exactly did He do to make our hope in Him sure? That is what we are going to talk about for the next three weeks as we start this new series entitled, In Time. When we talk about Christmas, it usually goes back to the nativity scene with a baby in a manger surrounded by Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the magi, angels, and the animals. That's how Matthew and Luke painted the Christmas story. But John, another one of the gospel writers, actually gives us a different angle on the Christmas story. He gives us a behind-the-scene look. Instead of just showing Jesus as a baby in the manger, he tells us who exactly this baby is, what his identity is. It sounds like, you know, the story of a Pinoy telenovela, right? A baby, you know, not knowing who he really is. And then we eventually find out. And we all love stories like that. So I re- I, I'm pretty sure that you would enjoy our series in time for the next three weeks. And as we talk about the book of John, I'd just like to read from John chapter 20, verse 31. It says here, But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. John wrote his gospel account not just to highlight that Jesus is our Savior, but to establish that Jesus is God Himself. You know, and I pray that for the next three weeks that we would really understand that, that we would embrace it. Because as we understand who Jesus really is, we would be able to relate with Him better and we would be able to, you know, deepen our faith in Him and we would be able to put our complete trust and our hope in Him alone. A lot of people would, you know, raise their eyebrows questioning whether, you know, is Jesus really God? Questioning His deity. But what we're going to do this, for the next three weeks, we are going to look at the Word from the perspective of John, and we are going to see the truth that it says about Jesus Christ. That being said, I'd like to invite everyone to open their Bibles to John chapter 1. We are going to be reading from verses 1 to 3, and then we will skip to verse 14. If you are here in the center, I'd like to invite you to stand up as we give reverence to the Word of God. You can open your Bibles to, you know, uh, your physical Bibles or even your digital device. If not, we have a giant Bible on screen. We'll be flashing it as well. I'd like to invite you to read with me. It says in John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That is the word of the Lord for us today. 
Let's all pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful time. We thank you so much for your word that is alive and continues to speak to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will be the one to teach us today. Open our hearts and open our minds so that we would be able to receive the fullness of the message that you would want to deliver personally to each and every person in this place and even online. And Lord, we thank you that you will be the one to transform us. You will be the one to transform even the way we look at you, the way we see you. And I pray that everyone will be transformed as we hear your message today. We praise you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may take your seats. So as we read the opening verses of John chapter 1, we see that John didn't waste any time. As early as verse 1, he already went straight to the point, no beating around the bush. He said that God became man in the person of Jesus Christ. And you know, that can be so unbelievable for a lot of people. Why you would say? Because a lot of people would think, why would God come down here on earth? He's already, you know, he's okay there in heaven. He doesn't have any problems. He's seated on his throne. You know, he doesn't have any worries. Why would he come down here on earth? Why bother? And, you know, that's a thing that we have been thinking about for the past months at least. Self-preservation. If you could, you know, if you could relate with that. When the, when the quarantine started, we were asked to stay in our homes so that we would be safe from the virus. And, you know, us wanting to preserve our lives. Of course, we stayed home. You know, we were so fearful. Some people stayed home, didn't even take a bath. You know, but we stayed home. We knew that there were a lot of people that are in need of help. But if we are being honest, it crossed our minds. Would I risk going out? Would I risk, you know, getting sick just to be able to help those people in need? I need to preserve my own life. I'm not, I, I don't think we would admit to that, but it has really crossed our minds. Self-preservation. And when we think about, you know, when we think about God coming down here on earth to save mankind, if you think that's just okay, then I think we think highly of ourselves as humans. Because in truth, you know, as humans, we think that we are God's best creation. But the truth of the matter is we are still lower, way, way lower compared to God. God is up here, and we are but nothing compared to Him. You know, um, we are nothing compared to Him. I think a lot of people here are, you know, pet lovers. I know Tita Luch has Padme. Uh, Tanya, I think you, had a, you used to have a cat before. So we are pet lovers, and you know, we love our pets. We love our dogs. We love our cats. After all, they are so adorable and cute and cuddly. But no matter how much we love our pets, my question is, would you be willing to give up being a human, to be a dog or a cat for a number of years to ensure that they would be with you in heaven? I mean, I loved my dog, but I don't think I would do that. In essence, that is what happened. In essence, that is what happened when God became man. He took a lower form. So it was really a big adjustment. And, you know, when we, when we go back to the story of Christmas, most of us have that picture of the nativity, a baby in a manger. But John declares that he was not just an ordinary baby. And contrary to what other people think, 
he did not remain a baby. A lot of Filipinos always refer to him as baby Jesus. He did not remain a baby. He is all-powerful. He is our Savior. And today we are going to talk about who Jesus really is. And why do we celebrate His coming every Christmas? Why do we worship Him? We go back to the verses that we read. First thing that we would find out from the account of John is that Jesus is the Word. John refers to Jesus as the Word, or in Greek, the Logos. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. People might ask, why not just call him by his name, Jesus? You see, Jesus was a name given to him when he became man, when Mary gave birth to him. But prior to that, he was simply known as the second person of the Godhead. So John, to be able to refer to Jesus before he became man, he used the word, the word, or logos. And he was very strategic in picking this. Why, you may ask? Because he had a very specific audience for this letter that he was writing, for this gospel that he was writing, the Greeks and the Jews. When we talk about the Greeks, they believed in all sorts of gods, Zeus, Athena, and the Greeks believed in the concept of a logos, a power or a force that holds everything together. Our world may seem chaotic, but they somehow saw an order behind the chaos something that held everything together. They called it um, some sort of intelligent design. And when we talk about this, they believed, they really didn't know, know what the Logos was. You know, they thought that it was a power or a force. Whatever it is for them, the Logos, that was how they described it. Now, the Jews viewed the word as, they had a different view of the word. When we talk about the word for the Jews, the word for the Jews, they instantly associate it with God. You see, in the Old Testament, God revealed himself through speaking, through words. God said this. God said that. The Lord spoke this. The Lord spoke that. He revealed himself through speaking. That's why when, when the word is mentioned or logos is mentioned, the Jews automatically think, oh, that is a revelation coming from God. Now, when John said, that in the beginning was the Word, he was telling them, you know, the Greeks, the Logos that you believe is holding everything together, and the Jews, the Logos that you believe to be God, He is here right now. He has come in the person of Jesus Christ. He's more than just a force. He's more than just a power. He's more than a baby. He is more than a man. He is actually God Himself in the flesh. Jesus the Word is the very fulfillment of every single prophecy in the Old Testament and He is the assurance of every promise in the New Testament and in the entire Bible. The Word was the King who would come to establish an unshakable kingdom. The Word is the Messiah who would forgive us of our sins and who would save us from death. The Word is the Prince who would bring peace to this chaotic world filled with hate and filled with jealousy and so much more. The name of Jesus wasn't mentioned up until verse 17. But we know that John was referring to no one else but him when he said that Jesus is the Word. And as we continue reading, as we go back to John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, 
Second thing that we would find out about the person of Jesus Christ is that He is eternal. Again, we see John 1.1 1, 1 starts with, in the beginning. Does that sound familiar for you guys? In the beginning, where would we find that? We go back to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. And it starts with the very same words. And this was not an accident. John was very intentional when he did this. In the beginning was the word, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He was addressing the fact that other people thought that Jesus was simply a created being. Some religions even quote Colossians saying that he is the firstborn of all creation. Saying that he isn't actually equal to God, but he is just a created person, a man. And in these verses, we see that Jesus didn't just begin to exist when Mary gave birth to, to him. Jesus actually existed even during the creation. Jesus existed long before anything else existed in this world. Jesus is eternal. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus Christ. He was there. He was present during the whole creation process. And as we go back to the book of Colossians, to those people who are quoting that He's the firstborn of all creation, if we continue reading verse 16, we would actually see that it says here, For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And as we go back to John, he says a similar thing. In verse 3, all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus was present during creation, but He was not just a spectator. Everything was created through Him and for Him. Jesus is the Creator. The person that we are celebrating during Christmas, this baby, according to how some people view Him, has the power to create something out of nothing. This baby that was born had the power to part seas. He had the power to still storms. He had the power to make the blind see, to make the lame walk, to resurrect people from the dead. That is the kind of power that Jesus had. To make something out of nothing is a power reserved only for the highest of beings. A power reserved only for God Himself. Which brings me to the third thing that we can find out about the character, the identity of Jesus through the book of John. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is God. Again, John didn't waste any time establishing this as early as the first verse. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Before I go to the very last phrase, I would like to camp on the second one. It says the Word was with God. The Word Jesus and the Father, according to this verse, are equal. They are equal, but then they are different. With implies that they are side by side with each other. With implies a relationship between the Son and the Father. Canceling out what the Greeks believe that the Logos is simply a force or simply a power. Here we see that the Logos is a person. The person of Jesus Christ. And He is not just an ordinary person. Again, I stress, Jesus is God Himself. 
it says in the last part, the Word was God. It could not get any clearer than that. I don't see how we can, you know, say that this is not what the Word says. This is actually a reference to the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We have one God, but in three persons with distinctive roles. They are different from each other, but they are in each other. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. But we have one God. If it's the first time that you're hearing this, I know how confusing it may seem. To be honest, at times I still contemplate on it and I try to picture it out. But the truth of the matter is, as finite beings, it would be hard for us to wrap our finite minds to understand an infinite God. But as we continue to just study His Word, as we begin to understand the person of Jesus Christ, we will see that this is the truth, that we have one God in three persons. In fact, as early as Genesis, we see that being said. Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. Let us, our, who was God talking to? As he was creating, we know that it was only God who existed. He was actually talking to the two other persons in the Trinity, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm expecting that a lot of eyebrows would be raised. Some people might even consider this blasphemous. If you remember the story of Jesus, the Jews actually wanted to kill him during his time because he claimed to be the Son of God. And they saw that as blasphemous because he was claiming to be equal with God. But as we see here in the account of John, that is the truth of what the Scriptures say. And the Word, the God that we are talking about, in His infinite wisdom, in His matchless power, this God came down from heaven to earth and took the form of man. Again, Jesus is not just man. He is God, but He took the form of man. We go to verse 14. It says here, And the Word the Word that is eternal, the Word that is the Creator, the Word that is God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. God becoming man, we actually call this the incarnation. Some people argue that Jesus wasn't really a man, that He was still God when He went down here on earth but he appeared to be a man. But here we see that he wasn't just an apparition. He was fully man. He dwelt among us. He became flesh. He actually occupied a physical body that people can touch, that people can feel. And you know, the implications of this really humble me because that means that we have a God who can empathize with us. We have a God who can actually feel who actually felt what we feel. Fatigue, hunger, pain, grief, joy, happiness. He is a God who can deeply understand our emotions and can fully empathize with us. Have you ever experienced being really low, being down, crying, not wanting to talk to anyone? And then a friend comes to you and says, I know how you feel. But then in your mind, you're thinking, you don't know how I feel. You haven't 
lost a brother before. You haven't lost a child before. How can you say that you know? Have you ever lost your job? And you know, it's our tendency to push people away when we don't want to talk to them. And there's a tendency that we can do that to God. Every time He reminds us to come to Him, Lord, you don't understand what I'm feeling. You don't understand what I'm going through. Do we really believe that He does not understand? Or is it our way to push Him away because we don't want to hear what He wants to say? And we don't want to do what He wants us to do? Because if we think that our God doesn't understand how we feel, I tell you, He does way too well. Even the pain and the suffering that we are carrying right now. I know that a lot of people have lost things during this pandemic. Your pain, your suffering, Jesus felt that as well when He was here on earth. And the truth of the matter is the suffering that we are facing right now is nothing compared to the suffering that He felt as well. You know, when He was here on earth, He felt getting tired, wanting to sleep, When he was here on earth, he felt the pain, the grief of losing a really close friend, a brother in Lazarus. When he was here on earth, he felt the pain of being betrayed by people that you considered so close to you, by people that you have trusted. Not just once. He experienced that with Peter, with Judas. Jesus experienced being treated unfairly by the very people that He came down here on earth for. He knows what it feels like to be tempted. Jesus knows what we are feeling. He knows it too well. That's why we cannot say to Him that you don't understand. And it is also a comfort because every time that we are down, every time that our heart is breaking, we know that our Savior, we know that our God feels exactly how we feel and we know that He is compassionate. We know that He empathizes with us. We know that He can relate with our pain. Now the question is, why did God leave the comforts of heaven and took the form of man? Why did He do all that? Why did He go through all of the trouble? First, He did it to reveal whom God is, who the Father is. You know, we always say we want to know God more. If we want to know God more, we don't have to go too far. All we have to go to do is to go to Jesus. Develop that relationship with Jesus. Know Him more through His Word because He is the perfect representation of God's character, of God's mercy, of God's forgiveness, wisdom, kindness, compassion, and love. I remember this story when Jesus was talking to the disciples. And you know, He was saying that if you have seen Me, it's like you saw the Father as well. And Philip said, Jesus, here's what you do. Why don't you show us the Father? And that would be enough for us. Jesus said in John, 1, John 14 verse 9, Have I been with you for so long and still you do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? He came to reveal who the Father is. He came to extend God's love. He came to extend God's grace to each and every one of us. His love won over self-preservation. He could have sat on his throne and thought, you know, I let those people suffer. After all, they deserve it. But he loves us so much that he, you know, he left the comforts of heaven, went down here on earth to suffer the suffering that was supposed to be 
for us in order to save us from eternal death. That is the payment for the sins that we have. He needed to take the form of man. Why? It's important for us to understand that Jesus is both fully God and fully man because it is only when we embrace this truth that we would understand that His sacrifice was indeed valid and complete. Jesus needed to take the form of man because He wanted to save man. You know, the the demand of the payment for sins demanded that a man, a body of man, would be offered up. And in human form, this is what Jesus did. In human form, He fulfilled the law. He lived the perfect, the sinless, the righteous life that is required for us to be able to have a relationship with God. He earned and achieved that righteous life. And what He does is for everyone who would believe, He would give this righteousness, this perfect record. And in exchange, He would take our filthy record filled with sins. And what He does with that record, He brings it to the cross along with His body that He sacrificed to the point of death. He received the death that was supposed to be for us. And this is where He needed to be fully God. He needed to be man to have that body to sacrifice But he was paying for an eternal death. That is why the life that needed to be offered was a life that needed to have an eternal value as well. And we know that there is only one person who had eternal life and that is God himself. That is why he needed to be fully God so that he could offer that life. And you know, that's what makes Jesus the only fitting sacrifice to go up there on the cross. I know during Holy Week, we see a lot of people, you know, trying to uh, crucify themselves on the cross. That's not a valid sacrifice because first and foremost, they don't have righteous lives. And second, they don't have eternal lives. So he gave up his very life. And he offers salvation to everyone who would put their complete trust and faith in him. And the beautiful thing about what he did on the cross is that he did not just win over sin and over death. He actually won the victory over every trial, every challenge, every suffering that we are facing right now. That is why in him we have hope because he offers the same resurrection that he experienced to us who would put our faith in him. You know, we may be bogged down by problems by trials, there will be times that we will be on the ground, but it's not the end of us. We should not embrace that victim mentality because in truth, in Jesus Christ, His presence in our lives, we are victorious. We we might, all of us, we we will experience death in this world, but we have hope because we know that it doesn't end in death because we know that after death, we can look forward to the resurrection that He promises to each and every one of us as well. This is the person that we celebrate during Christmas time. The Word, the Logos, Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus, He's the Word. Jesus, He is eternal. Jesus is the Creator. Jesus is God. And Jesus became man. And Jesus is the one and only Savior who can give us eternal life. This is the reason why we celebrate Christmas. 
We don't do it just because we had a good year, because we had good sales. We don't do it just because we got a promotion or we got a raise or we got a bonus. We don't do it just because we got engaged or we got married. We don't do it. We don't celebrate Christmas just because we don't have any problems. We celebrate Christmas because we remember with the rest of the world that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, came down from heaven to be with us, to save us, and to ensure that we would be with Him for eternity. We might be facing problems right now, a lot of struggles. But as we are facing all of these problems, it might seem impossible, but let us remember that He is with us. And that is more than enough reason to celebrate Christmas. To the people who want to cancel Christmas, why would you cancel it when God's love for us can never ever be canceled? All the more we should look forward to it because it is a reminder of His love, of the hope that we have in Him. And you know, as we have lost a lot of things, some of us might have forgotten our value. Some of us might even think, God, have you forgotten about me? Did you leave me on my own? Do you still care about me? He's reminding each and every one of us how valuable we are in His sight. He is God. But He embraced the discomfort of becoming man. He is all-powerful, but He was born so humbly in a manger as a baby, looking so powerless. Why did He have to go through all of that? To show us His great love. And understanding this story, understanding who He is. Who are we to question His love? When we talk about Christmas, we talk about giving gifts to other people. But what makes Christmas special is that we have been given the greatest gift that we will ever receive in this lifetime. More than eternal life, it is the presence of Jesus Christ. Having that relationship with Him. Who is this Jesus? Jesus is God who became man to reveal the Father and to redeem mankind. As we talk about canceling Christmas or continuing Christmas, I remember that song of Apple Hiking Society which was actually sung yesterday. Wonderful rendition, Pastor Saul and the rest of the pastors. I love that line which says, Kahit na anong mangyari, ang pag-ibig sana ang maghari. Sapat ng si Jesus ang kasama mo, tuloy na tuloy pa rin ang Pasko. He came to be with us, to give us eternal life. What other reason are we looking for to celebrate Christmas? He is already more than enough. And our response to this great gift, more than just helping others, more than just giving physical gifts, the best gift that we can give God is one of a surrendered heart, is one of a changed life. Are we willing to give that to Jesus today? Just as He has given us His all, are we willing to give Him our all? I pray that we use this season 
to point people to this great gift so that they too may experience it. But the starting point of that is first and foremost receiving the gift of Jesus Christ in our hearts. Receiving the hope, the eternal life that He offers. If that is you today, if you're saying, Bodhi, I haven't really received that gift from Jesus Christ. This very reason we celebrate Christmas. I'd like to pray with you. All you have to do to receive eternal life is to receive Jesus Christ in your heart. Open up your heart to Him and allow Him to enter and to be the Lord of your life. I'd like to invite you in this simple prayer, but my request is that as we say these words, say it with your lips, say it with all of your heart, and say it directly to Jesus Christ, our God, our Savior. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your great love for a sinner like me. I ask for forgiveness for trying it out on my own. And today, I invite you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. I receive you and the eternal life that only you can give. Help me to know you more. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the hope. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.